0: Bam 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 bam, 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 yourself Bam bam bam, bam, Welcome back, everyone, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I'm your host, Misty Stinnett. That's your other host, Lisa Linky. You can't see where I'm pointing. It's an audio medium. Every week, we read and review a popular self-help book, and we tell you the main points about it. We think critically about it. We review it. The point is we are reading the books so that you don't have to, and you can go on enjoying your busy life while never opening a book, because this is 2019, well, right? You can uh, get all the perspective you want. Or
1: if you're intrigued because we can't cover everything in an hour, maybe you'll buy the book and support the author, because there's a lot that we would think, there's a lot of books we've covered that we think you would love, Yeah, and there's a lot of books we've covered that we are sparing you from.
0: Yeah, the point is, you listen to this podcast at your own risk, <laughs> With your own caution, use Keep your, your own arms, discretion. hands, legs, and feet inside the vehicle at all times. It's a boat. It's a podcast boat. It's mm-hmm. a cruise ferry. It's a self-help cruise ferry. It's a sunset cruise. Thank you. As it feels right on the sunset of your life. That's right. Cruise with us. Try not to think about how cold and dark it's getting <laughs> as we cruise down the river of knowledge. Anywho, anywho, we cuss. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Okay. Diving in. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited. Lisa, why are you excited? I mean, listen,
1: I'm very excited because <laughs> sitting to my right, to your left, in mm-hmm. this beautiful triumvirate that we have right here.
0: Oh, a casual drop of triumvirate. <sighs> Thank you. Trio,
1: triad, not a threesome. Trilogy. Trilogy. Um, Trilogish. Tri- <laughs> triumvirate. Tr- um, is my very best friend in the whole wide world, Sarah Maher. Hi, everybody! Hello, Hello this Sarah. Is my best friend, and she's
0: here, and she's presenting a book. And may I just say, as um, someone new to observing the dynamic between Sarah and Lisa, Sarah was our manager at the Long Beach Comic Con. It's true. Several <laughs> months ago, it was so much fun uh, watching you two banter is the most delightful thing. Is it? Oh, yeah. is it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Everybody here just, for that this. was perfect. This is what's happening. Um,
1: <laughs> yes, you were the manager. You saw us at the Long Beach Comic Con um, right. panel. And you uh, have been, you're kind of like a, a very recurring, a very important recurring character in this podcast yeah. because I always mention you. Lisa
0: invokes you a, at least three times an episode. <laughs> oh, no, and, nice. and like she always that. says, she never says Sarah. She says, my best friend, Sarah. That's true. And yeah. your daughter, Scout. Yeah. is also mentioned very frequently, and we are big fans best. of Scout.
2: Thank you. I'm a fan of her, too. Yeah. Oh, god, I, we, I love her. We got to FaceTime with her last night. We did. She's she's pretty cute. We uh, played the game of Let Me Smell Your Teeth. Thank so, you. Yeah. We just did that. Over every... FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'd put her teeth up. We'd sniff. Tell her that what it smelled like. Yeah. That's so
0: cute. Oh, my God. I'm going to play that with you next time well, we FaceTime, Lise. All right.
1: Okay. All right. Well, ours might be a little more R-rated. <laughs> I hope Ooh. so. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Sarah. Yes. you uh, Tell us a little bit about you. You and I know each other through Chicago Comedy Scene. That's right.
2: We've known each other for over a decade. Yes. Um, we both did... Has uh, it really been a decade? Over a decade, yeah. Howie. Um <laughs> We were doing comedy in Chicago. and Okay. And... Um, Then you moved away, Uh and that was um, heartbreaking. For
0: everyone listening, Sarah has her blame eyes (laughs) on. Keep going. I do
2: blame you for moving away. And I blame you for not moving here. This all feels so right.
1: (sighs) Anyway, so... (laughs) um, Also, last time Sarah was here, she taught me how to do this. Oh, yeah. Isn't that great? I did not. Before, I was
0: like this.
3: (sighs)
2: Yeah. This
0: is a also a recurring bit on the podcast. <laughs> yes, but now I just do these.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know how to do just like the full two-handed to the lips. I still can't too, but deep, I'm a good deep one. Deep, deep fart. Deep For those fart of you
0: who are um, joining us for the first time, this is the sort of <laughs> wisdom you can expect yes. from the podcast. Anywho,
1: Sarah and I connected right away, yep. um, and we have been... Pretty much, I am gonna say, I felt like you were a best friend from the stiggy yeah, start. Yeah,
2: from the start. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I asked you out, like, to be my best friend. And I remember it was at the Comedy Sports Bar, and I was like, I just feel like I want to be closer to you. And you were like, me too. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that was it. I remember it was before your wedding. We,
1: we got really yeah. close right before your wedding. And I remember you were, because <laughs> you were like... On a plan so that you're dress fit. And so you were like, I'm drinking vodka and I'm eating peanuts. And you were like, I'm having a Snickers. And you were like, I'm having peanuts. And you were and they were sitting there like, okay, I'm going to ask you this, but it's not because like I feel guilty or anything. And you could totally say no whenever you are like, but will you come to my wedding? And I was like, I would love to come to your wedding. Well,
2: it was after I had sent out the, the invite. That's right. And so it was a bit gauche to be like. Yo, dog! I didn't send you an official invite. You want to come to my wedding? And I was like,
3: Hell but yeah! I did, I do.
2: But then I did send you an invite. You like, well, but also
0: you'd have to do a lot of rearranging and like changing catering mm-hmm. numbers and stuff. So I would say I'm sure it's people pretty had declined by then.
2: Yeah. And I was like, You were like, <laughs> I can
1: get her in. I was like, I got some extras.
0: <laughs> it was so great. Anyway, anyway, that's
1: us. Sarah is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. I agree. On our on our drive here, Very we get, were doing some deep exchanges of air because she was making me laugh so hard that I was coughing. Un- Controllably
0: deep exchanges of air. When, you know what I do. The of title of our second self help
1: <laughs> like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um. And um. Uh. You, you remember when we had our big episode about talking about the the problems with self help?
0: Yes. It was because
1: I was calling her and crying, and she's she was said, "Hey, this is where your you
0: podcast needs this. to go." Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: She was like, "I need to confide in you as someone near and dear to me," and I was like save it for the podcast <laughs> thank you get out of my phone you're now and go an executive bring it, producer bring it, the the, bring it to the people
0: bring it to the people
2: I'm always got the podcast you know, on mine first just so, we, just so we don't forget people can find you on twitter at yes at uh, uh that's S M A H E R A J A. And
0: we'll also put it in show notes. That's Worry fine. not. It's always there for you if you're drubbing. And
1: you can find her um, tweeting, uh, retweeting Democrats and tweeting funny, funny things. And that's her whole bio.
0: Mostly like it.
2: feminist uh, takes on worlds and pol- world and politics and then like fart jokes.
0: Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's what we all need more of in our feed, I yeah. would say. And also, I was at a, a party last night and somebody said, oh, now that you have read or received the information of over 50 self-help books this year, do you feel like you're a better person? Oh, and you said, fuck right off, fuck And I face. went, ah, uh, I feel like I'm the same person, but now I just take a really long time to overthink every situation. <laughs> yes. Your hair Which looks felt right. great. Oh, thanks. Did I, you curl it? Yesterday. And then I slept on it, and then I put yeah, in mm-hmm. it. And this is what's happening now. Yeah. This is the new me.
1: Sarah. When I invited you on the podcast, you said, I'm going to present a book. Yeah. And then you said,
2: what book? (sighs) I said, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man by Steve Harvey. And I got very, very excited. I got very
0: triggered just now. Yeah.
1: Because we were both like, it'll be so funny. Ha, ha, ha. And I need to let you know that as Sarah was finishing reading it yesterday on my couch on our Kindle, I just would hear her do this. (laughs) <laughs> and then I would be in the kitchen and I would just hear oh my god <laughs> or just randomly
2: oh my god no no no." well I think I think it says a lot about where I thought I was in my feminism, or where I thought the world was, because I thought, this is going to be like a retrospective, like a look back on times of old, and won't it be funny that these things from 2009 are no longer happening, and then I just opened it up, and I was like, trigger, 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 and it's just all so present, and um, yeah, I'm not where... I'm not where I, the world is not where I thought it was, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm where I thought I was. Be I thought things were in my rear view, and then I kept reading it, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm driving in a circle, ooh doggy, I am driving <laughs> in a circle." Misogyny
0: is a flat circle. That's insane, Misogyny right? is it's a, a flat, flat circle. circle. Okay,
2: so
1: yeah. you get to present to us how okay. how you want, and we'll ask you the general questions at the end. Okay, um,
0: and you are only the third
1: guest presenter. Guest we've presenter
0: had. we've uh, we've had in. Over a hundred episodes of recording.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm feel
2: honored. This is a lovely podcast. Kindle, I'm, so I'm so excited for you to be here.
1: here. And you read it on your Kindle. I'm I sure did. People can write, read it on the OverDrive app or listen to it on the OverDrive app. Um, yes. I don't know. Do we have prices? for Yeah, things? we've got prices. She did make fun of me. She goes, "You guys spend so much time
2: talking about the prices." Yeah. You guys. Yeah. I love you guys. Never mind. It doesn't. <laughs> She's got you, notes. You do. Our new AP
0: yeah. has notes. Well. it... Okay. Well, listen, sometimes when a book is like, it's twenty five ninety nine for the hardcover, we're like, what do you think you're selling here? Like, right? Uh, what? Is yeah. Is your, is your, wis- your quote-unquote wisdom yeah. like the money? Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, this wisdom is pretty cheap. Okay. Right. Um, so on Kindle, it's $9.59. Oh. Uh, paperback, eleven ninety nine. Oh. And what? audio CD, $18.98. Well, oh, so yeah,
0: because nice. they got to ship you a, a physical thing. For sure. And then you've—it's actually more like a two hundred dollar audio CD because then you have to have a CD player installed somewhere.
2: Well, and then yeah, maybe yeah. call
1: it twenty two hundred because then you got to have therapy.
2: Oh, that feels right. Oh God, yeah, okay. the therapy I'm going to have to have. I'm literally going to talk about this with my therapist. Oh I bet you are. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, good. I'm going to talk about
0: what happened when I read this. Can you record it and we'll splice in a minute or two? <laughs> sure. Just of the me audio. crying. Yeah. Her, that's, her bringing yeah. up
2: like, oh, I think that this is attached to this childhood trauma. Oh, that's just like, yeah, comedy. That's, like, <laughs> that's pure
1: comedy. Um, can we see the cover?
0: Yeah, of course. I, I
1: would love to see um, my man, my main why? Family Feud man.
0: Here's a question off the bat. Why did Steve Harvey feel like he was the one to write a book called Act Like
2: a Lady, Think Like a Man? We're going to get into it. Okay. We're going to get into exactly Let's. why he oh. thought that. <laughs> Don't open that near me. Not Lisa, Lisa just but I am slammed a LaCroix on the one. ground. Damn. Okay, go for it. Oh, okay. okay. here's the cover.
0: So here's the cover. So
2: um, I'll let Misty look at it first. Yeah. Yeah. Misty, describe it.
0: Oh, you know what? Fuck this. So he did the same thing. <laughs> We're already there. He did the same thing that Bruce Bryans did and mm-hmm. Text So Good, He Can't Ignore sex Sassy Texting Secrets. Motherfucking Steve Harvey has incorporated as much pink as possible mm-hmm. into this cover. So it says, act like a lady in pink. And then underneath in blue hmm. says, think like a man. Can and then Steve Harvey has a big pink stripe over it. And he's so wearing it's- white.
1: Like he's in the, reven- the re-
0: what was it in the the remnants? Oh, the guilty remnant. The guilty remnants From the
1: leftovers. From the leftovers. Yeah.
0: yeah. So so it's already wildly gendered and dichotomous.
1: Yes. And I'm not here for it. If I were to pick up this book, I would read it as
0: act like a lady.
1: Think like a man. What men really <laughs> think about love, relationships, intimacy, and commitment.
2: Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point that is uh, threaded throughout the book, which is be two different people, both equally manipulative in oh, order man. to. Oh, man. We got
0: to get Steve Harvey and Bruce Bryans in the same room together. I yeah. Don't.
1: And then shut the door and seal and, it airtight. Yeah. Whoops. That was mean. Harsh. I'm fine. Okay. okay. Sarah, <laughs> take us through this book. Like, how's it set up? Is this just a normal chapter? Are there exercises? What's the story?
2: Okay. So, uh, Basically, there are chapters about, um, and they all have like quippy uh, top lines about. Mm -hmm. I bet they do. How Mm -hmm. to do this, how to do that. It feels like clickbait. The entire book feels like clickbait. Before
0: clickbait was really a thing. It was like 2009.
2: But he knows that like you can't click on it in a book, right? (laughs) Dude. He is way ahead of his time is what I'm hearing. Well, so I'll start off with this and maybe this is, uh, okay, I'll say it up front. I started reading this and immediately said, this was not written by a man. This was written by a woman. Oh, Oh, you think 100%. And then I did a little digging. It was written by a woman. Oh, my (gasps) God.
0: And she's a gender traitor. Is she? Is she or is she just trying to make up for the wage gap and make a buck or two by ghostwriting for Steve Harvey?
1: Or did she make it better than what he really wanted it to be?
0: Yeah. Do, is she the real hero of this story?
2: And yeah, he was like, knows? listen.
1: No. What's her name?
2: So the real uh, author of this book is named Danini Miller. Okay. And she is a very famous ghostwriter. She also ghostwrote his other book, book Straight Talk, No Chaser. And she has gone on to write about 36 books of her own. She's very, very accomplished. Wow. Um, and she, in a in an interview I re- I read, she said that a lot of the reason that she got through the door at a lot of places in order to read to write these books was because of the success of, of Act Harvey's. Like a Lady Think okay. Like a Man, okay. oh. because it stayed. It was a New York Times bestseller in two thousand nine, and it stayed on the top of the charts in the. Um, like self help mm-hmm. section for forty three weeks. Oh, okay. so a full year almost it was. Holy it it did very very well. You so know, she
1: I, accelerated her career through this book.
0: I would kill to have a ghostwriter on here. Yeah, that'd be fun. to oh, yeah. understand that process. We're actually going to. We are. Yeah, we are going to. Everyone, did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Buckle up! But also, I wonder it, when a book is on the New York Times bestseller for that long or best the bestseller list. Does the ghostwriter really get their fair share of the profits? Is it Steve Harvey raking it in? Like, I'm so curious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
2: And typically, in the article I read, some people ghostwrite, some people co author. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you know, say, Erica Jane from Real Housewives, she has a co author who is uh, Brian Moylan. And it just says, Erica Jane, Brian Moylan. I know that's a really popular book that you guys definitely know Mm. because you're really up on Real Housewives cover to cover. Anyway. Uh But most ghostwriters, if you want to figure out if someone has a ghostwriter, go into their special thanks at the end of the book. <gasps> that
0: was my question was, how did you find out?
2: And go through it and then Google those people and you're bound to find one of them nice. as a ghostwriter. Nice. But many oh times God. in contracts, people will say they won't even let them be in the special thanks. because they really absolutely do not want people to know that they have a ghostwriter.
0: So, do we think most popular books that are written
2: are yes. just written by
0: unqualified yes.
2: ghostwriters? Yes. Well, qualified. Not, no, ghost, sorry, qualified, qualified ghostwriters, unqualified celebrities. What I yes. mean is
0: qualified in the sense that uh, uh, they're unqualified on the topic at hand, but they're really good at writing. Yes. Right.
2: Yes. This is crazy.
0: I love this. This is like I can okay. see the Matrix. I'm chomping at the bit. Okay.
1: So here's—I mean—you I, have to say you're doing a great job setting me up for it because the—the yeah. the delay here is. Let's dive in. It's like okay. we're edging into this book. We are edging into this book. <laughs>
2: okay. okay, so there—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's in four pieces, okay. but then there are sub chapters. Sure, sure, sure. The first is the mindset of a man. Yes. And mm. the second one is. Why Men Do What They Do, mm-hmm. The Playbook, mm-hmm. and From His Woman to His Wife.
0: Okay, I hate it already. <laughs> yes. I really hate it. And also, for anyone who truly is joining us for the first time, Trick know that we, we harp on anybody who's not inclusive, who sets up these rigid binaries. We welcome all genders, and we are here to call them the fuck out. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's
2: do this. Well— Buckle up, ladies, because you're going to be calling out a lot. Okay. Steve Harvey, come on the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's So, right so to essentially, he is from the get-go, from the top. He says exactly what men, all men are like, mm. and all men are the same. Okay, So, it's well, very reductionist to begin. Incredibly. And he's equally as reductionist about women, but we'll get to that in a second. Can't okay. wait. So, what drives men? There are, I'll tell you- what drives men
1: in the sitcom world it's three things food and beer yeah sports yeah and sex yeah that's what in the sitcom that's that's and you're breaking down a multi-camp sitcom no that's that's
2: science that's
0: stamp truly outrageous outrageous. (laughs) reductionist okay Mm -hmm.
2: okay so what drives men is who he is his title what he does how he gets that title Lisa and and I just locked eyes wide eyes oh god girls just oh, he wait. he gets that title. This is, we are literally s- scraping the ice shavings off the tip of the iceberg. Okay, so okay, okay. buckle up. Okay. And the reward he gets, how much he makes. And quote unquote, a man must achieve a minimum in those three areas to feel like he is fulfilling his duties as a man. And bef- he cannot and will not make a relationship a priority until those are met. Done. So basically, he has to find out... <laughs>
0: You know Sorry. what's funny? My, my, Lisa
2: is slack-jawed.
0: She is. My gold nugget mining noggin, uh, say that three times fast. Gold
1: mining nugget noggin. Yeah.
0: Is trying to go, if he approached this from a place of going, hey, the systemic patriarchal structures that we have and expectations we put on men are X, Y, Z. We tell them you have to achieve this much, make this much, be the breadwinner, or you'll feel emasculated. Interestingly enough, I might have been on board with that sort of point of view if it were research-backed. But the fact that he's just like, here's how it is, the end. I'm like real bumping My
1: brain goes, okay, Steve Harvey, how many shows you got to work on before you feel like you can
2: focus on your relationship? P.S. How many times have you been married? Well, that's what I was going to bring up. He has been married three times. The first time he was married to a woman for, I believe, 14 years. And he literally left and had three kids. And left that family to pursue his career. Literally left them. So that's backwards. So he, but it, but it reinforces this idea that he could not focus on his family until he became the comedian that he wanted to so be. So this okay. assertion he's making is validating his life choice. Exactly. Okay. Which
0: we would like to call his hermeneutical lens. Throwing mm-hmm. that back.
2: What's the hermeneutical lens again? So,
0: it, so Hermes, the Greek messenger, mm-hmm. yes. is where the term comes from. So Hermes, anytime Hermes would deliver a message, it was through Hermes' point of view. Right. So Uh, it's the lens through which you view the world. So, like, we, the three of us could receive completely different or the exact same piece of information and we'd interpret it differently because we all have our different hermeneutical lens, which is shaped by our different life experiences, upbringing, growing up, oppression, brain chemistry. Exactly. So, so it sounds like he's just leaning real hard into his.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. He's trying to make all of us hermeneutered. All right.
0: So, you've said two cent. Thank you. So.
2: Um, Please. <laughs> let it all go. Hashtag Herman neutered. Okay. So essentially he says a man cannot and will not focus on you during these times and just straight up. Don't try it until a guy so has I gotten just look for retirees. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He's also coming from a lens of like, <laughs> I had to get as famous as possible until I could do this. Well, that's I what, happened to get as famous as possible in my forties, so that's when I was able to settle down with my second so wife. Yeah, same, tours, same. And then now have a so third. Sawi first family. Well,
0: that—that's my. Yeah, that's that, that, I guess that's my next question: is—is is he saying that it is um different for each man? What level of success or title or monetary gain he has to make? No. What, so, what's the what's
2: the number? What's the magic number? It's the number that the man feels is appropriate. He gets so, to okay, decide. Okay, so, yeah, then, so he does get to decide. But it, here are the other things. He must feel like he can do the, these three things in order to stay once he has that. You will know, you as the woman, will know that he's ready if he, one, professes, two, provides, and three, protects. And not that he does this, oh, but Misty. that— But that he wants to do these things. Okay, so when we go to profess, profess is I am the man, Uh and I'm bringing Misty to meet my family or go to a party with me. Oh, you announce it to public. So if I come to the party and I say, "Oh, hey everyone, this is Misty," red flag. He doesn't want you as his woman. If he says, "This is my girl," "This is my girlfriend," "Professing," "This is my woman." He's professing. My He's professing woman. to everyone else. He's The professor is professing. I'm honored. Yes. <laughs> then, if he wants to provide for you and feels like he can provide for you, because you're not emasculating him by
0: having
3: too big of a
2: salary. Well, so that's the here's where the manipulation comes in. And this, is, this whole book is rife with manipulation. It is about. The professing, you can't do anything about. No. That's just him. Look, that's his choice. The providing is he needs to feel like he can provide for you. So let him feel like he's providing for you. Not How? Make sh- not feel comfortable and safe if you need a provider in what they're giving you so you need to be nourished. It is just make sure that he feels that. Uh, how? Put his needs before yours. By lying. By essentially saying... By can you can you safe. pay my rent? I need a new Lexus. No, by saying, "Oh my God, thank you so much. You really make me feel safe and comforted by giving me X Y, giving me that pack of gum from 7 Oh, so, so providing like, I
0: feel so comforted by you. Okay, Lisa's oh. doing an obscene gesture. You sure can imagine. It is. Wait, okay, sorry. So I thought we were talking about monetary providing. So it's not really that. It's no, more it is. Like...
2: No, it's monetary providing. Oh, but yeah. if all he can Even afford if it's is a pack, pack of gum, gum. yeah. But you make him feel like he's doing enough.
0: Okay, so like if he pays for Thai food delivery, but doesn't pay for rent, you you make a meal out of it. Yeah, I see. You see what I'm doing? Yeah, Misty. So you you just show love and appreciation.
2: Fake love and appreciation, though,
0: because you know you could fucking be like, here's thirty five dollars, dinner's on me. But you don't.
1: Well, what it sounds like he's saying is make him feel like whatever he's providing is enough, even if he's not providing enough. Exactly.
0: Oh, wow. I'm
2: so on board with that. No. (laughs) Keep going. anyway. Profess, provide. And I'm going to say something. I'm guilty of that. I've done it before. (gasps) Can I confess
0: something as well? Yes. As you all know, I've recently been through a breakup. Yes. And I recently sat down. And you know, uh, anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows I have a strong personality. And knows that could it, what? I'm very passive, and knows that I will sit down with someone and be like, hey, here's what I'm feeling. What are you feeling? Let's talk about it, yeah, right? This yeah. is everyone who's listening. If you've thought about dating me, here's a glimpse. <laughs> um, and I know you've all been thinking about it. So, uh, But I I sat down with a more traditional friend, Ooh. and I said, do you have any tips Uh-oh. as I'm getting back into the dating pool? Uh-oh. And she said, yeah, you you've got to make men feel like, men. And I said, what does that mean? Because you know me and you know I'm a feminist and I'm a strong person. I don't want to dilute who I am
3: right. for
0: anyone else. And she said, listen, she said, it sounds really dumb, but when I first started dating my husband, I," uh, she was like, I... I would just like ask for help even when I didn't need it. Like can you can you get me that glass of water or can you find directions to the party or whatever even though she knew she was super capable of it. She would ask for his help and then be very appreciative when he gave it. So there's
3: his a help.
1: difference between coexisting with somebody and allowing people to be part of your life. Yes, we can do it all because I do it all by myself because yeah. it is just me. Yeah. So I understand that when you're in a relationship with somebody, you do need to allow them to be a part of it, right? Yeah. A part of me and what I need to do. It isn't just like, I'm doing all these hundred things by myself and then you're along for the ride. But th- where I bristle is that I need to make them feel really valued for it because if they didn't do it who would do it and are they making me feel valued for it? No I know
0: I know and the other thing is then I brought this up with my therapist who was like here's the thing you could do that that's fine she was like or you could just continue being exactly who you are and know that a lot of men are going to be intimidated by that but the ones that aren't are going to, like, roll up their sleeves and be like, bring it on, babe. Let's fucking—you know what I mean? Like, let's do this. So yeah. it's just—it's interesting because when I looked up, how did, how does one make a man feel like a man? Because I was very confused after that meeting with my friend. And it turns out every article is like, they just want to feel loved and appreciated and thought about. And I'm like, this is not a man thing. This is yes, a human exactly. thing.
2: Well, and if you think about it, like, with the shoe on the other foot, I, as a woman— love to feel like I'm a provider and I love mm-hmm. to feel like I'm good at providing and I love to be um uh, seen for for doing so. So yes. it's it's interesting that we take we take something that's innately human yes. and we just chew it up, not we, but some people just chew it up into this horribly like binary yeah assertion and then you backdoor into something that's healthy and normal you know yeah. it's it's mind-boggling yeah that's me. what's
0: confusing <clears throat> and circular about it so we we and keep it is going. just
2: it is just straight up manipulation and i do uh, for on a personal level i do think that manipulate like relational manipulation is a slippery slope and if yeah. you start high and when you're beginning and be like ooh baby you're so great and you're not actually getting what you want you are one setting yourself up for it's having to manipulate more in order mm-hmm. to get the things that you want mm-hmm. and then feeling like you are not having a partner you're having a, a, a project a project yeah well it's a a, it's
0: almost like a child right a child picks up their room and you're like oh my god you did such a good job because you want them to keep picking up their room in the future well that's because or they something. don't
2: have the neurons that fire to say, picking up my room is a good thing, so mm. you need to find a way to do it, so you do it with love. Right. Because they don't have those neural pathways yet, but...
0: Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's keep going. I'm going to pull us saying. back to
2: Monsieur Ave. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to make him... the Extraordinaire. So these three things... Um, are under the chapter our love isn't your love and i just it is want profess provide profess provide protect oh protect what is protect um, so protect is uh when a man loves you he will defend you and stand up for you he will defend you physically from people who are disrespecting you and by doing and by doing things that deem too dangerous for you okay now hold on okay this is important <laughs> in protect he gives an anecdote and here's the anecdote. Everyone Manipulate take a in, situation to see what he does. So no, I'm limbering up for Yeah, this. everyone yeah, take are. a really nice cleansing breath right here. So, him and his wife and his bodyguard and a couple security guards go on a lovely vacation. And they go out on a boat. And Marjorie, who is an avid scuba diver, has been doing it for years, Is is... A pro, yeah. The shark hey. comes up,
0: and Steve Harvey punches it in the nose, and is like, "This is my woman." Here's a thousand dollars, and then we
2: know. Then we know he's hit all three,
0: and, and then, then he
3: screams, gone.
2: "This is my woman!" And then yeah. he, and then
3: he, but it sounds like this.
1: But we
0: all know what he's saying, and, and he, we feel the power and of he that. He urinated in a circle around the shark. No, around his woman, because oh. he's marking his territory.
2: That's right. That's right. Um, uh, what did Marjorie say? So this is what happens. Marjorie says, sweetie, I'm going to go scuba diving for a little bit with, I think, another person. Like, So she wasn't down there alone. And he, uh, she gets in, she gets her stuff on, she gets under the water, and all of a sudden he gets nervous. He gets nervous that something bad is going to happen to her. And this is my woman. And my woman doesn't get hurt because she's mine. He yeah. literally talks about her as a possession. Yeah,
0: that's right. She's
2: mine. I just so, polished her yesterday. Exactly. I'm not going to have her tarnished today. I just got her back from the dry cleaners. Yeah. She looks she's crisp pressed. and beautiful. <laughs> I just put in a new quarter of oil in. But yeah. <laughs> so... So she's lubed and she's creased and I don't want her in the water. At the and same time. So he he literally says, he's like he, he starts smoking a cigar and pacing around the boat and he, and he yeah, tells his It's a good his, thing to do before you go underwater
0: right here. Well, he's not fucking going
2: underwater. This, this is why he says. Dice. He says to his bodyguard, "If she dies, this is on you. If something happens, everybody better start getting into that water." And then he goes up into the security guards. He's like, "If something happens to her, you everybody's going in that water and no one's coming up and if she doesn't come up, no one's coming how up." How is this protecting? Meanwhile, he is smoking a cigar and not doing s-h-i-t shit why am i saying s-h-i-t
0: he's not doing shit the scouts listening. so then
2: she's an Mark- avid listener
0: she writes us all the time <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then uh she according to steve harvey she like senses that he's un nervous
3: <laughs> Lisa took her after five
2: up. minutes comes up and Said, and he says, I'm scared that something's going to happen to you, and, and I, don't want, I don't want this to happen because you're my woman. And so she just gets back in the boat and says, okay, honey, I won't scuba dive <laughs> for you. Ever again? Uh, on that trip. But meanwhile, she's like a certified scuba diver. She knows what she's doing. I would like to point out two things. One, in his protection, he
1: actually didn't protect her from shit. He didn't shit. protect her at all. He just and, watched uh, what is to complain to everyone most, else. I went to visit Sarah when she was on a cruise ship for Second City being hilarious around the seven seas. and um, It was one sea. That's I didn't right. go around seven seas. <laughs> we had a fun time. You went
0: around one sea seven times.
1: <laughs> that's right. Um, it was a seven, seven-week cruise. That's exactly right. Um, Sarah, I learned from you, what is the most dangerous thing on a ship? fire and what was that motherfucker doing smoking a cigar so he can eat shit yeah you're right i didn't think about that absolutely yeah
0: that's not and he thinks that's listen danini like
1: come on the podcast i feel like we have so much more to get through yeah let's
0: go that's wow we really do we really do okay so
1: so protect provide profess yeah pee over everything this is
0: my woman here's a hundred grand and fucking get in my trunk but here's what i just do want to say How non-inclusive this is, because imagine that you are a man who
1: is uh, or identifies a man or identifies somebody who wants to, quote unquote, protect, provide and profess in a relationship and you are a quadriplegic. Yes.
0: I was just thinking
1: that. What does reading that? First of all, please don't read this. But what is reading this or how does this reinforce ableism and ableism is trash? How does this reinforce this in our society?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like... This is like seeing out of a pinhole. Like yeah. he does yeah. not care about anything or anyone else. He and he he kind of continually And it's all uh, in relation
0: to the man's ego. It's not what is yes. my what is my partner want? It's yeah. my woman. Like what does my partner want? What's best for her? How can I support her so no. that she's appreciative of me? And also if anybody has never heard of the podcast Modern Love, it's wonderful. It's a new Amazon show that's out right now. But I just listened to an essay from a man who has a progressively yeah. crippling disease. Or if disease. you have ALS. Like, and he's, do you be- no longer- well, he's been married to a woman for 35 years. And when they were married, he could speak, but he couldn't move his body. Yeah. And this is not a man who's – and he was like, look, I'm completely vulnerable to my wife. All I have is my – my speech and my charm, basically. So this is not a guy who's ever going to be able to provide or protect, like maybe profess, in right? But sense. It, in this, yeah, in this sense. So it's just like the world is just built for able-bodied people, and people yeah. need to address that. Oh yeah,
2: absolutely. um One thing that I don't want to slip by is that this is part of number two. Our love isn't like your love, and it posits that. Women want to cuddle and hug and talk and this and that, and men don't want to do that. They want to hit it and quit it, pretty much. This is bullshit. And, and, Every man I've dated
0: mm-hmm. really wants and needs cuddling, and I have been asked to be the big spoon many times.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I also want to say that uh, he does say that—so, overarchingly in this book— it is geared towards women who want to get a ring on their finger and keep a man. Well, I mean, that's what it, I want. Yeah. It's nothing about getting your needs met. No. Feeling satisfied. No. Having a connection. No. Things like that. And the saddest part about this is that it's atrocious. And then there are moments where he says something that's very true about just like relationship. But it's not in the context of feeling good about yourself it's like just do this so that then maybe you can get a man and those are the moments where you go this isn't written by a man right there are moments here in this book that are like do this for yourself to feel better but it's under like a chapter called our love isn't like your love and we'll get to some Jesus. examples of that okay let's keep moving okay. otherwise yeah. we're never going to get out of yeah. profess protection okay. yeah oh my god out. we're still there okay so let's go to number three great we're going the three things every man needs okay Beer,
0: sports.
2: Sports. sports, a hair loss program. Farts. So here are the three things that every man needs. Support, of course. Loyalty, sure. And that cookie.
0: What does that, what? I think you what know is what that? that
2: cookie means.
1: <laughs> I did it all for the cookie? cookie? Yeah, he did on. it all for the cookie. Okay, so support means literally like, I mean, he's basically taking his stand up and trying to formulate it into a book.
2: Oh well, little backstory. The reason that this book came about is because he had a morning radio show, and they had a a, a, sec- a segment called I think the Strawberry Letters, and it was people, women writing. I don't know why it was called that, writing in to ask questions about relationships, and he would give these answers, and then it was like a. Book. This should be a book. All right. Okay. So it came from that, um, and these are just as cliches as you think they would sure be. support do everything he needs and and foresee his needs and, yep. and meet them before he even asks for So them.
0: don't get your own needs met, no matter how little he's actually providing for you support or monetarily or, or anything else thoughtful, pretend like it's enough. Yep. And do all the emotional labor yes. to make sure every it keeps
2: running. Yes. Okay. And then loyalty loyalty to the point of e even, even if the he book. Cheats. even no oh. even if he is wrong. And he is going buck wild. Support him. Be on his side.
0: Okay, hard pass. Also, love you, Jai. <laughs> Talks about this, unsubscribe. Yes. Lovey talks about this in her book, I'm Judging You, which we have an episode on if anybody wants so to hear good. it. But how loyalty is so gendered. Like women, especially women of color, are, are expected, expected to stand, stand by, their, by man, their man, even if they go into jail for 10 years, et cetera. But men are not held to the same standard. Yep. Like you never hear someone going, even if your wife is going crazy and having a meltdown and quitting her job and spending all your money, you got to stand by her and support her. Yep. You never hear that. Yep. Yeah,
2: totally. And then the last <sighs> is that cookie, baby. Oh, we know and what that is. Yeah, you have to the give Betty your Crocker man remix? sex. No, Nestle Tollhouse. Closer.
0: Cookie um, casa.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. No. So, like a fancy cookie.
2: It's a very yeah. fancy. With sea pussy, salt on. Oh, but don't put salt on it. A pussy cookie. Yeah. So he wants that pussy cookie right out of the oven. Yeah. And if it's not warm, if it's not warm, if that's a cold ass cookie that you are feeding him and it's too, it's been too long. Yeah. That is why men cheat. And you should look at yourself. How if does, a man cheats?
0: Okay, here's my one. <laughs> here's my one. Lisa, what is happening? She's okay, doing a calming technique. So Lisa's l- holding l- her hand up in front of her face. She's bright red. Hold on, but I have a I have a burning question. If yes, I may. yes. How does one um get it in the oven? How do you warm in the oven? She's just
1: saying that if you if you if you don't provide your man sex often enough, your cookie gets cold. L- let's just stop talking. about Actually, metaphor. that's a good
2: point. How does it get it in the oven? You don't let. Anything, get in the oven and start cooking for ninety days. That is his rule, hard and fast. You can't have never sex with have a man sex with a man for three months. For three months.
0: Okay. So do. So literally, don't get starting. any of your needs met. No, if physical, your need is if it's no sexual, emotional. Nope. Even if you're like I'm connected and I'm spiritually, li- we got or, it. Okay. Yeah, we okay. got it. Moving okay. on. I hate moving Steve Harvey. Keep we him. Yep. Danini, what have you done?
1: I will say, so Sarah read part of this as she was flying over and we landed and she goes, this was not a good idea.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. So I was reading, (laughs) when I was in uh, profess, protect, yada, yada, I'm reading it on my Kindle on the plane and I'm like, I I can't read this. And I was actually having trouble reading and I realized that I couldn't see through my new false eyelashes. And I was like, (laughs) what? Fresh, fresh? fucking hell is this that I am so mad and I can't read this fucking book about Steve Harvey about binary gender constructs and what I do to achieve a man through my fake fucking eyelashes and I almost the internalized misogyny was so so bubbling. You and almost I, brought the plane down. I almost ripped my eyelashes out and and shot through the roof. And because <laughs> I Marvel do, this. I have these moments where I say to myself, okay, so why do I have fake eyelashes? Um, because I work at a job where I know that women that wear makeup get taken more seriously yeah. than women yes, who don't.
0: They get paid more. I
2: don't want to. Um, I have... I don't want to wear makeup every day. Yeah. Um but I am just going to say okay to this one, but I don't want to have to put it on every day cuz the physical the phys- the job of putting on makeup makes me really sad. Yeah. Like for work. Not sure. for like going out and stuff like that and like yeah. a- like adorning my body. Yeah. Like that stuff I love.
0: I get it. I think about it a lot.
2: So I got fake eyelashes cuz then I could say you just wake I wake up have- and go. I wake up and go. And and I am on the I'm on the permanent makeup movement. Like I am I I will go for a facial, so I don't have to wear foundation. I will get microblading, so I don't have to brush my eyebrows out every every day. And so, but but reading this and having that on and knowing that it is for other me to mm-hmm. make more money to provide for my family because men find it more because appealing. men yeah find it more appealing and they're in the positions of judging me in order to let well, me provide attractiveness for my family is
0: correlated to credibility yeah and there's a lot right. of studies on that
2: right and so um and not and and i what i've noticed is that it's not even attractiveness it's the trying it's like if you show that you try to be attractive
1: you're given
2: credit. you are given credit because yeah. you oh, will adhere to player. the social yeah. norms mm-hmm. you Fuck. will adhere to the same social norms that keep women underpaid whatever that's right but I pretend like I'm part of that. And in order to sleep at night, I always, I wanted to rip off my eyelashes. You had an existential shoot crisis out. in the middle of I had plane. an existential crisis on the plane. And <sighs> I closed the book and I said, I need like a fresh, cold glass of lemon water. And so I'm like looking <laughs> like emotionally. So I'm like looking at the at the movies on the on the plane and Booksmart is there. And I haven't seen Booksmart. And I turned that fucker on and it was like. A fresh cold glass oh of water with cucumber and lemon, oh, and a sprig stop. of rosemary. Because there. these like young women are just doing it for themselves, and and the people that she was around were not. I mean, they're they're they can be mean sometimes, but they she didn't live in a world that was. Against her. Yeah. She just lived in a world that was difficult to maneuver. Yeah. And there's a real big difference. And this feels like this book is hey girls, the world is this way. How are you gonna thread the needle?
0: Yeah, exactly. To get what you want. Because we yeah. you know
2: what you want. What yeah. you want is a
0: ring. Well, because so everybody knows gonna pull knows on that Misty. That y- oh my god. And
1: I'm gonna say what a great insight and piece of advice for us that when we're reading a book for our listeners and for the- <laughs> misty that's wow. what it's like to podcast that's you... me
0: excuse me what <laughs> you, what did you she
1: say? said that's what it's like to podcast with you <laughs> oh thank um, you no wow, she's uh, a lot of shame <laughs> um <laughs> it's okay to put the book down and and, and never cons- pick it up again and well, light it or on fire cons- if you want to consume yeah. something that will r- revive you or will sustain you uh,
0: but here's a question so Just for anyone listening, you never have to finish a book. Mm -hmm. If you're a completionist like I am and you want permission to put something down, the only reason— that I finish books sometimes Same. is because I have to present
2: on this podcast. Same. Yeah.
0: And would you have continued reading this book if Absolutely you didn't have no. to? Re- yeah.
2: I literally, after that, after every chapter, I had to look up um, feminist poetry. Thank had, you. I'm not even kidding. I had to look up um, stand up. I had to watch like really good female stand up. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, okay, I need to watch a little Sarah Silverman. I need to like read a poem here. I need, yeah. I, I, it was like through every chapter just to pull me out of, and this is what I was talking about at the beginning pull me out of this idea that this is of the now. Like yeah. I, had, I needed things to be ah. like, this is in the past. 2009 the past. was not is long ago. But here's the thing. All this stuff in this book, I have fucking tried. And mm-hmm. all of the stuff in this book, almost always, I have believed. So At some point. Yes. On some level. So that's
1: level. my question yes. to you. So what was that like seeing that in this context of like bullshit, 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 and recognizing that you have been victim to this patriarchy?
2: Well, I think uh, the absolutism of it all was the most triggering. Like, this is just how it is. And you because have to do this if as... you want the
0: ring, because everyone yeah. knows you can cuddle with and sleep with and and be housed by a diamond.
2: Right, right. And And just this idea of, like, you want, and this book goes into it of, like, you want to have those babies. I know that's what you want. You want to have those babies. And I remember my whole life just feeling, like, this pressure on my chest <sighs> of, like, Oh shit, okay. So I only have eight more years to go before I'm gonna have to have a baby. But then maybe if I move that baby two more years, but then maybe I won't be able to have that baby. But then maybe I can have a little more runway to figure out what I want. Like that pressure on my chest. Oh, yeah. I
0: think about Um, it all the time.
2: Yeah, it's real. And I don't even know if
0: I want kids,
2: and it's constantly there. A 100%. And this book does no one any fucking favors. No, No. you're not weird that you don't think about it. It's a fab, I think, (laughs) I will say to anybody, Hey, if you don't feel a dying pressure on your chest, that's a good thing, no matter what it's about. Also,
0: just because you're a woman does not mean you have to want kids or that you're weird if you don't even think about it. That's the point, right? Is everybody has different needs and preferences. This might sound
2: lame as hell, but I find it to be a point of pride that many of my friends are women without kids. Yeah, Like, I think of it as like, oh. Pretty cool. (laughs) Look at this. I got friends without kids. (laughs) Also, I haven't
0: known if I've actually wanted to get married for a very long time. And I've said for a long time, if I have kids, it'll probably be in my 40s and I'll probably adopt. Yeah. So I'm all, you know, and and some of the people I've dated have been like, but marriage is really important to me. And it's really important that we have the same last name. And I really want a family really quickly. And it's like, okay, but that's the men wanting a family and me not, you know what I mean? The point is, it looks. Very different for many different people. So. Yeah. So, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> okay, wait. We've barely yes. scratched the surface of this book. Can you, know, you we're give us, like, like, three of the overview remaining ideas?
2: Yeah. So, as the book, the book feels like... Steve Harvey sta- sat down with his ghostwriter. He barfed a bunch of bullshit. He did his five, he, five on relationships. He put it in the, she put it all in the front of the book and all of a sudden the back of the book is a little different. Okay. Oh. You know, and not in a good way. Don't get excited.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we lit there, up with
2: hope. Like, I come know. through Danini. But here, but you know, chapter 17 is called Your Career and His Ambitions. How to Make Your Dreams Work Together. And okay. it flies in the face of the stuff at the beginning a little bit. And it t- it tries to tie in, but it doesn't really Um, and it's should I sacrifice my dreams for him no wow there's a lot of reasons to and not to (laughs) should I gamble on his potential Uh, and but here's what I'll say
0: if you're top Clifton strength, personality strength,
2: is strategy. No, no, no. We did no. we
0: did this on uh, a mini-sode with Heather Bland. There is a Sarah's pers- had her strengths done. Yeah, I had my strengths done and by her. Oh my Heather. god, she's incredible. Um, but she basically, me a time you take she you, did. you can take this quick. Test. It's the Gallup Clifton Strengths Assessment Test, and I'll tell you your top five personality strengths, and or
1: your bra- your bra- your brain chemistry your strengths. brain chemistry
0: yeah. strengths. It's really insightful and powerful once you know how your brain works. One of mine is developer, mm. and every strength has a downside. Here's the downside of developer, which really hits home with me: I can waste time on low performers. Because I so strongly believe in the potential of every human. Wow, you and I are wow. both developers, right? Yeah, developer. So we can strategy both be and... low
1: performing humans and just not know it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But we're like, I believe in you. I believe in you. But, <laughs> this the, but anyway, this is what comes up for me when it says, "Should you gamble on his potential?" And it's like, well, that depends. Are do you have the developer aspect of your brain chemistry? Because right. if you do, maybe you shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Or maybe right? you.
1: Maybe he needs a developer.
0: Maybe he does. What does it say? What should I do? Should we or Mist- shut out why
3: Oh, oh, Mister Harvey, Mister Harvey, <laughs> yes. what yes. should I do?
2: Uh, it basically says like, yeah, if you're gonna want to be with a guy that's not there yet, you better be ready to be his biggest cheerleader and help him out and do his dishes and make his food no, and clean no. his clothes. No, what if because- he wants
0: to have a, a multi business where he's he's got a laundering service and he's a chef? My stomach is really tight. Yeah, mine yeah.
2: too. But I bet that works for men. So
0: um <laughs> Yeah, give him that cookie.
2: So then it's navigating his family. One thing that he fucking says, and, and we don't have to talk about it much, but he says, if you have kids, introduce him early to those kids. What? To make sure that there's a connection. And no. Those kids get no. 100%
3: don't you no, not
0: wanna
2: fuck up their kids' thinking yeah, no, until
0: it's really serious and yeah. you know that it's like
2: I don't yeah. have kids and I know that. So it's basically more the same. Then he goes into a QA and a at the end and it feels very much like his radio show. Uh-huh. Same stuff. Um, and at the beginning of this book, he, he presented it as, hey, women don't know what men want. Oh I'm God. on the other side of the fence waving my hand and saying, over here, ladies, I'm going to help you out. But at the end he's still at the same spot where it's like he is some sort of interloper into a large sociological construct and that that construct is okay. And it was made by men. So here you go. Here's a way to be a, I'm a mole. Here's a way to get underground. I was just about to ask,
1: does he ever ask what women want? But he presumes what women want is a ring and a
0: husband.
2: And they want to cuddle and talk and have kids. Yeah. Okay. Oh,
0: I got it. I, get I want it. a true partner to help, like, we can counsel each other and build a business and a life together. I want somebody yeah. to
2: clean the grill because I hate that. That's it. Well, and at the end of the day, he never talks about connection. He never talks about actually connecting.
0: He's not. I don't think so that's he's. That's not in his hermeneutical lens, okay. maybe, because he's so not. busy smoking cigars and blaming. Let to move us forward his, to
2: the end here. Yeah. Yeah. So that is pretty much the end. Um, it's. It's mostly that, and it is very, like, if you follow these steps, this will happen. Towards the end, he starts uh, asking you to write down things and write down what you'll live with and what you won't, and that's actually a, a pretty good thing to do. Yeah. But, um... Too late. Yeah. Because he's already little... said do whatever. Okay, I have a,
0: the very first question. Please. Yes.
2: Did this book need to be written? Um... Honestly, I feel like it was put in my path for a reason. Mm. And there is so on a personal level, I'm glad I read it cuz it reminded me that um those ideas are still strong in me and latent and the way that they came up so quickly makes me realize that I haven't fully put them in the rear view.
0: Oh, you mean that this idea of, oh, I better fit into what a guy needs or like into this structure.
2: That I should manipulate. Internalized, yeah. that The only way that I can get my needs met is to manipulate.
1: And to be clear, because that always sounds, that word is so strong.
2: Can you give an example of something like that? I think there's the basic example of pretending like someone is providing for you and giving you that um, monetary or emotional nourishment and you're act not actually getting it. Yeah. Or I would say, like, faking
1: an orgasm for me. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, mom. Um, uh, That's a manipulation that Hi, I Linda. was always very comfortable. Hi,
2: Lindo. I love you.
1: Doing. Doing, yeah.
2: Oh,
0: that's so interesting.
1: Yeah. But yes. it's emotional labor.
0: It is emotional labor. And, and one thing that's also coming up for me is... I don't know, if anyone listening does know the answer to this, please write us in, even if it's just, like, to say the title of the book. I don't know that there has been a modern-day book like this called, like, Act Like a Man, Think Like a Lady, i.e., here's what women actually want. If you do, a majority of the the emotional or physical labor—well, first of all, it should be non-binary, but, right? It's like, hey, women truly will appreciate— I think if you're a thoughtful f- partner. Was <laughs> it wasn't called Fed Up? Yes, <laughs> but Gemma no, no, no. <laughs> but Gemma even says in that book... It might be a lot to just hand your partner this book as a jumping off point. And there's still emotional labor that needs to be done to start the discussion about emotional labor. But it's really interesting to me that so many men feel comfortable. There's a ton of authors out there, two of which we've now covered on the podcast, Bruce Bryans and Steve Harvey, who are going, no, this is the way it is. And here's what you got to do to do it. It's a man's world. Right. But if you like there's it doesn't seem like there's a lot of publishers willing to publish. Hey, if you really want a woman to be actually genuinely appreciative of you and feel supported by you and give Give you want to give you that warm, warm cookie, right? Here's what you do. Yeah. That doesn't I exist.
1: Think, I think that the premise is, as we exist in a patriarchal society, the premise is flawed because uh, you're asking an editor to assume that men walk around the world knowing that it's not for them, and they don't.
2: Yeah. <sighs> Moving on. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like any, any forward progression would be the, like, blowing down of this fence right. and then just that if we have an intermingling of genders and we have more than two genders then we should have an intermingling of yeah. of of ideas on how to satiate one another partner. as partners Yeah, yeah here's i the wish a man would
1: write a rebuttal to steve harvey yeah. rather than like here's how men should be for women or yeah. partners should be for each other but a, a man just being like steve harvey you're a hack Great. yeah um second question yes. who is this book perfect for
2: um nobody i think it's really really uh can be very detrimental and i read some amazon reviews and some of the top the top rated reviews are i'm giving this to my daughter i'm giving (gasps) this to my niece no i need to give this to yeah to young women this is so it's older women or not older women but women you know
3: Who've
1: already found their husband and don't understand why their daughters yeah, who have agency who have, don't
2: don't can't get it have lived a little life and they say, "This is it. This is what I want." Okay. And I'll say that a lot of the the messages in this book I heard from women when I was a kid. These were oh, yeah. the messages I got yes. from women. Sure, they're all these are not the messages I ever got from men. Yeah, who who is this book terrible for? Everybody. Okay, great. Okay, but especially especially young women. Yes, I We've, think. It, it, Terribly impressionable women. Makes would me be. so sad. Yeah. We have covered in depth what this author got wrong.
0: Yes. What did he get right?
2: Um, I think he got right that men like this still exist. Yes. Like yeah. that, there are still men that operate under these standards, and I think mm. this is a great textbook way to say to show someone, maybe even a young woman. There are, there are people like this, men and women, out in the world who think in these ways. And here are some of the red flags. Like, if mm. they say or do things like this. This is my woman. Yeah. I wonder or they, if they
1: read this in feminist theory classes.
2: Oh, God. I'm sure it's been covered.
1: Um, I hope they do. Yeah. Um, uh. What else do we ask? I'm blanking. Well, well,
0: you already said that at some point in this book... You, or at some point in your life, you've tried almost all of these things. Yes. So you've tried things from the book. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, was anything successful?
2: Um. Well, I got a ring and I got a man and then I got divorced. Okay. <laughs> so so long answer, I, no. Short answer, yes. Yeah? Well, what? no. I think long answer, yes. Short answer, yes. But uh if i i'm assuming that the the book is presupposing longevity and this idea it does kind of pose this idea that like a marriage is only successful if you both die married <laughs> you yeah know? like right. you yeah. only right. get the flag at the end if you're if you die and you're still married right um but until then, it's like trying to just keep in that, keep, keep it, keep, in it, keep in it, keep in it, keep in it. So, um, you know, I'm obviously being reductive and I, I don't, I'm not presupposing, or I'm not saying that I did all these things with my ex. I yeah. certainly no. Um, but I did feel, com- you know, I did feel compelled in my 20s to find ways to get to, a place of safety and a place of ease, and to me that meant getting married, and to me mm-hmm. that meant um, living together, and to me that meant having a baby. Like if yeah. I could check, if I just keep checking these things off, I'm going to feel the peace that I need to feel. I'm going to relax. Yeah, I'm going to take a deep breath. Yeah, and I'm going to be okay. Right. And the reality is, is that you're never okay until you decide. Not until you decide to be okay, but. For me, when I did it on my own terms, or when I do do it on my own terms, you know? Um, Do-do. Do-do.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, That, and I think that is the thing that I bump on the most that he implies, or he infers, but does not actually say, which is, yeah, once you—as though marrying someone or getting a ring on your finger suddenly makes things okay, but the truth is, whatever dynamic you set in the beginning is the dynamic you're going to be dealing with— for the majority of your marriage, Absolutely. unless you you totally change course or get some kind of counseling or something. So it's like mm-hmm. if you're not able to already be yourself and have respectful mm-hmm. conversations and show up for each other, how do you think that's set like it's not like he puts a ring on and he's like, Okay, good, we can stop pretending now and just be ourselves and be respectful. Like that's not what happens.
2: Yeah. Um, do you have any homework for us? Not even a little bit. Thank God <laughs> And I told Lisa before, I said, I'm not giving any homework for this because I don't want anyone to go out in the world and try anything in this book. Yeah. I think yeah. it's bad for you. It's bad for me. It's, it's bad, bad for, for the world. America. It's You know who it's bad for? It's bad for Steve Harvey. Uh, it is really bad, bad for, for
0: Steve Harvey because not that I had like an enormous amount of respect for him before, but I didn't actively disrespect him. And that has changed. Thank you. Yeah. That
1: has changed. Um... Sarah, thank you so much for falling on the sword.
2: And um <laughs> We're so great. I thought this fun. was gonna be a lark, you guys. And it was it's a it's been a joy to be on this podcast, but I thought reading this book was gonna be a chuckle. And yes. boy was it not. Well
0: the la- the last thing <laughs> I will say, having also recently impaled myself on a a sharp, fiery, wrought iron, rusted fucking phallic-shaped and, sword. That's it. That's it. Um it is in my brain. Yeah. Despite my critical thinking, despite us trying to dismantle it here and understand it. It makes sense
1: to me though. Yes. Because it's yes. the world that we live in. It
0: is, but at the same time, after text so good he can't ignore, I found myself I still find myself wondering, am I being playful enough in my text? Am I responding too quickly? I'm still here nice. going like, shit, so should I be more supportive? So it does seep in. So so I'm saying this in order to say be careful about what you read if you pick up a book and you go oh this isn't feeling good put it down
2: yeah don't read the rest of it I think for me we consume
1: it we consume it just would you would you consume rat poison versus an organic you know whatever
2: well I think there's I think there's levels to it I think there's the difference between a dance and a game and like when you're courting there's a dance like there is a dance of like oh maybe I'll just like maybe I will like wait a little bit just to like whatever for whatever reason be right. coy or right. what this and that and i think that there's a certain amount of the dance that is part of courtship yeah and then there's the game yeah and the game is the i want this i'm going to do this so that this output yeah. happens and da, da, da. and 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 they're both they both live in the same world but i think they're on One's manipulation
0: levels. and one is
1: is not it's just sort of well yeah i mean i when you call it a dance on a game i like that it makes me think of Whenever you know a nature documentary will be like the bird struts yeah. and displays his yeah, feathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me
0: show you how yeah. how busy I am which and is how like, much uh, I have going yeah, on. Yeah, or which is like
1: a different. You know, like it is fun to p- be playful with someone versus Ooh. or to accentuate
3: play the things, someone. Well,
0: but to accentuate the things that you like about yourself. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's oh, yeah. the difference. One is out of self-respect. Yes. And one is out of trying to control another person. Yes. Yeah. And if you actually want to read a book about this and how to keep desire alive <laughs> or create desire, you can, I know what book you're going to say. Mating in Captivity. Oh, the state of affairs both by esther perel
1: are you gonna cover those no okay do you want me to no okay
0: i mean you could but it's it's way too nuanced and very controversial anyway she's incredible and it's all research i was gonna say
1: charisma oh charisma
0: Charisma myth myth. oh that's fun too sarah do you have a
2: palate cleanser for us after this whole
0: (laughs) do you have a glass of lemon water for us yes
2: so as i had mentioned i um I kept pulling up counterpoints to this in the <laughs> forms of comedy and poems and books. And, I or, love your self-awareness. In your brain, it was
1: like a full debate between the society and culture. I
2: just—it <laughs> really was because I was like I was getting. It was like being sucked into quicksand and like just being like, I need something. So I. uh, What is
1: the vine that is going to help me pull myself out? Right.
2: So I am going to. From the bog of eternal stench. While
1: you're looking at that, I am going to say there was a tweet that made me laugh so hard. I was like, as an adult, I'm very sad that I thought I would be. I thought I would experience quicksand so much more from the movies I watched as a child. <laughs>
3: oh yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, so this is Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. Very oh, famous love poem. It. But this is read by Mary Oliver.
4: Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again whoever you are no matter how lonely the world offers itself to your imagination calls to you like the wild geese harsh and exciting over and over announcing your place in the family of things
1: that's so
0: oh I love it That's the release we needed after this fucking book. Yeah. Everybody? Life Life is 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 Abundant.